The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. I want you to meet uh, two sisters now who have quite a story to tell. I'm going to begin with Emma, who joins us in studio this morning. Good morning, Emma. Nice to see you. For the purpose of this story, I'm going to ask you to bring us back to, I suppose, meeting Michael and telling me about what sparked there and the beginnings of your relationship, if you don't mind. Yeah. So I met Michael when I was 15. I had a part-time job while I was in school. I remember meeting him for the first time. I didn't even know his name. And I just looked and I said, who is he? I said, I want to spend the rest of my life with him. Didn't know who he was. I just knew I loved him. You're not quoting a Jane Austen book. No, I swear to God. (laughs) (laughs) I remember walking outside with my friend and I said, geez, I said, what's his name? Wow. I do believe in love in first sight. Yeah. Right. Ultimately, he was the love of your life and you got married. Isn't that it? Yeah, Yeah. we've been together ever since. Part of the reason we're talking today and the reason that your sister, Laura, you're welcome as well. Laura, we're going to talk to you in a moment. But part of the reason Laura got in touch with us was because of the next point in your story, which is when you decide I'd love to have kids. Did you always want to be a mum? Always. Mum and dad has five kids, four girls, one boy. And I have all the kids. I was the one who... Emma was the mummy. She was the mummy. I wanted to be the mummy. I think I told Ma, I, I, I think I said to her when I was about... Eight or nine. I said, I'm going to have twins and I'm 12. <laughs> oh, so from that age you from were... From that age, were, I wanted to be a mammy. Emma was always the one born I just, to be a mammy. I, I truly wanted to be a mammy. Emma would have helped our mum, like feeding me I, as a baby. Laura so. would wake up at two in the morning and mum said that I used to run in and go, can I give her a bottle tonight? And she'd let me. I wanted to be that mammy figure for her. And I don't know why. I just love kids and I love love. And I just knew I had so much love to give. All right. Well, then let's get to the to the point where you say to Michael, OK, let's start a family. I often call it the arrogance of health, where we just assume, yeah. aren't we, that this will happen. We're going to go. Dit, 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 and yeah. then, yeah. And then life intervenes and says, just yeah. a second. Yeah. So what, what was the intervention in your case? Well, when I was 17, my mum took me to see a gynaecologist. Okay. And she'd done a routine scan because I'd late periods. So mum had to get everything checked out to make sure everything was okay because of the age I was at as well. And I'll never forget it. Like the gynaecologist done a scan and she just looked at me and she said, have you got sisters? And I says, that's a weird girl. I says, I do. And she says, right, listen, you have a really small womb. It's underdeveloped. It's something that happened when you were in your own mother's womb. It just it started to develop and it just stopped. She said, but the good news to that is everything else is perfect. Your ovaries are perfect. Everything else here is perfect. So for you, you won't have any fertility problems. So biologically, you can have as many children as you like, but you will never, ever be able to carry your own baby. Oh, what a thing to hear. Yeah, like... I was devastated. Like, and very young to hear very such young. a big Seven, thing. Such a massive thing. I always knew I wanted to be a mammy, but it wasn't something I wanted to do there and then. Mm. But kind of tried to put it to the back of my head. I tried to not think about it. But obviously, it's, it's like what you say. It's just something so big that you can't help but think about it. Yeah. But I remember telling Michael, we were together six months and I'll never forget the conversation. I just said, look, I have something to tell you because I knew I loved him. And I said, I'd rather break my own heart now than stay with a man who potentially might leave me because of this. So I just said to him, I said, look, I said, I've really small womb. I'll never be able to carry our babies, um, but I'm going to give you the opportunity now to walk away. 
and to meet someone who can do that. So I felt that for me, I had to give him that choice. And I had to be that early on because I knew I wanted to be with him for the rest of my life. What, so what did I, he say? He didn't even let me finish. He just said, don't worry about it. We'll worry about that when the time comes. We're going to have our kids and I'll be there to support us. <sighs> Straight away, I didn't even, it wasn't even like a half an hour conversation. It was something that was kind of over and done within 10 minutes, say. Yeah. He didn't even let me finish. He just straight away, Emma, don't worry about that. Like, that's, and if that's that not love, we'll do together. I don't know what well it is. Said. Like, well you said. Know? And you know something, I'm so taken aback by your courage and decency to say straight from the get-go, yeah. here's the deal. You know, mm. somebody else might have said, well, just wait and see, you know, you never know. Or, I don't want to lose them. Yeah. But for you to put your cards on the table like mm. that it was a really impressive very grown up thing to do again. Like I suppose I I have to think of him as well. This is yeah. going to, also going to be his life. So he gave you the right answer and said, yeah. "Don't worry about it. Let's enjoy ourselves and see yeah. what happens when the time comes." See what happens. The time came. It and did. Where did um, you decide to go? We got married. So we got married in May 2013. So I got engaged at 25. I was married at 26, and we started the process straight away. We have to do IVF. The reason we had to do IVF is because they had to get as many eggs out of me as possible in order to create our babies outside of the womb. So we done IVF. I started injecting that year. I'll never forget it. 3rd November. Had my egg retrieval on the 16th November. We done all our treatment in Dublin. We had to fly, leave the country because it's my egg and Michael's sperm, our baby, because that's going into somebody else's womb, somebody else's body. We couldn't do that in Ireland at that time. So we flew to Prague. And I had my egg retrieval and it goes into a lab for five days. And my older sister followed us over. And that's when we implanted Sophie. And she's seven and a half now. And it, it worked first time. Away. It worked straight away. Mm-hmm. First time. Amazing. Yeah. That was the beginning of your, I suppose, adventure in motherhood in, in, yeah. in, in some respects. Yeah. This is what you had been since the age of essentially eight aspiring to. And yeah. now, how did it feel? Oh, it's like she was like the missing piece of my jigsaw, Lovely. of my heart. Yeah, well said. She mended a lot of people's heart, but especially our mammies. Whose hearts did she mend? Well, my mum. Oh, family, dad, really? Like the family, yeah. yeah. I think, I think ma, like my mum would have always blamed herself in a way. That's awful. Um, yeah, I think, I think she did deep down, but obviously it was beyond her control and, and that always killed me that she did that. So, yeah. like I even remember going for egg retrieval for Sophie and, and we had a really early flight that morning and I went into mum and I just held her hands and I said, we've waited 10 years to do this. Now I'm going to go get my baby. Oh. So Sophie uh, continued to thrive and continues to thrive. But I think she was about three years old when you said, let's keep going here. Yeah, we really, really wanted to give Sophie a sibling. I always say, like, what if one day me or Michael's not here? I want to know she has a sibling. They'll always look after each other. They'll always be there for each other. And that was so important for us to do that. So when Sophie was three, we started to try and give her a brother or sister. Yes. So we'd four frozen blasts of cysts from Sophie's cycle. So we went over. We implanted one blastocyst, came home. You have to do a two-week wait round to do a pregnancy test. Okay. And the two weeks came, we'd done a test and we were pregnant. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, Sophie worked first time. This is working. I can't believe it. Oh, my God, I'm so lucky. I always knew I was lucky to have Sophie, but I just didn't think it would go as smoothly. Very sadly, we lost our little one at five and a half weeks. Okay, sorry Um, about that. 
thank you. So we, yeah. so yeah, so five and a half weeks we would have been at that pregnancy when we had a miscarriage. So we said, right, let's go again. Yeah. We have three more frozen. Let's get up. Let's go again. Okay. This time we implanted two out of the three. Yeah. And again, we were pregnant. Two weeks later, positive pregnancy test. Went for a scan. We had twins. We were like, oh my god, oh my, oh my god, like this is mm. amazing. Very sadly, again, we lost our first little one at five and a half weeks. And then we lost our second little one when we went back at 10 weeks. So we're like, right, okay, how do you, how do you go again? Like, well, you know, where do you go from here? So we decided to go, give ourselves about a six month break and decided to go again. Okay. So we went back over for our last blastocyst from Sophie Cycle. Yes. And two week wait and we got a negative pregnancy result so it just didn't implant it yeah. just didn't work okay so we'd no more left frozen so we knew in order for us to try and go again we'd have to do another round of IVF mm. I, I, from what I understand about IVF um, it's physically and financially pretty hard going it's like a roller coaster I think because there's ups and there's downs it's mentally physically emotionally financially like you said exhausting mm. and any couple that has the courage and the strength to do this together, my hat goes off to yeah. them. Like they're strong. And uh, there are couples who, who go through it, not maybe a few times, that come out with nothing, nothing to show for it. Nothing, exactly, Other yeah. than the trial of it. Oh. And if they can stay together and stay strong, they've got each other. God, yeah. You know, Get through anything They then. deserve the world, don't they? Yeah, after? they're but superheroes. Let's go back to your story that you said that you'd run out of options in that <clears> front. Did you go again? We did go again, okay. yes. So I'd done another round of IVF mm. um, and on day five we had three blastocysts. So we implanted two and two weeks later we were pregnant. Yeah. And I didn't tell anyone this time. Yeah. Because I think the more people you tell, the more, if something does go wrong, the harder it is to retell yeah. the heartache. You, you have to break more hearts. Yeah, and, and yeah. I was trying to prevent that from okay. happening. Yeah, I understand that. We went for the scan and the doctor confirmed there was an empty sack there. But then she also confirmed a harpy. So we had twins again. We had yeah. two little ones who did implant, but one just unfortunately didn't make a past maybe five and a half weeks again, the doctor said. So that pregnancy went really, really smooth. And we found out it was a little girl of five months. And it was actually, it was when the pandemic hit really hard and it was the first scan I was not allowed into. We were 30 weeks pregnant. With a surrogate? Yeah. And who's the surrogate at this point? Uh, my best friend. <clears throat> so you'd called your older sister first time? Yeah. And now your friend was surrogating, as it were, yeah. for you yeah. this time. You've got so good, lucky you've got to good have, people in your life. I okay. swear to God, Ryan, I, I'm so lucky. When I look around at the women I have in my life yeah. and the men, I feel so blessed and so lucky every day that I have these people. My, my babies are 100% my babies. I just have a carrying problem. I, and I, it's very sad that I can't give them a safe place to grow. Um, but you can give them a safe place to live. Yeah, that's actually lovely. Yeah. Just to go back to where you were, then, yeah. sorry for interrupting you, you were waiting for, for news about... Yeah, I was sitting outside, so it was the first first one I wasn't allowed in, which I totally respect, even though I'm the biological mammy. Yeah. I totally respected that it was COVID. It was here and it was happening. It was when COVID was really bad. I'll never forget that day. This is how oblivious to the situation I was. I was on my phone waiting on the phone call because we were going to, we arranged to FaceTime. The doctor agreed to that. I seen the doctor come out of the hospital doors 
and but she's that kind of doctor that I was like, oh my this god, this is the same doctor that they've dealt with with Sophie she's and all along the way. Oh Lord, she's I was like, so lovely. She's like. coming out to say hello to me. Yeah. I was yeah. like. I can't roll down my window for her. What if I have? Or I know, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Hmm. She said, "Open up, open the door, or roll down your window." Do you ever see a film and there's someone standing in a film in a train station and everything else goes so fast around them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're stood still. It's, it's speeding up around, and yeah. you're just in slow motion. Like, I rolled down the window, and I genuinely, hand on heart, thought she was going to say, "Lee collapsed," hmm. or "There's something wrong with the baby." Because I can, I can, okay, we, we can fix anything sure, here. Sure. So, you know, just tell me. And she just said, um, I'm sorry to say, there's no harpy. And this was at 30 weeks. And oh. I was like, you're a liar. Yeah. You're an absolute lie. Like, yeah. But she's such a, you know, I was like, uh, you got it wrong. You, let me get to her. Please let me get to her. It's Katie. I have to get to her. So, you had named the unborn child. Is that right? Yeah, you, you, Katie. You'd given yeah. her the name Katie. Oh, yeah. so it was Katie. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was. She said, "Come out of the car, come on." And I don't even remember getting out of that car. I I think I left my keys, my phone on the seat. I, but I just remember when she said that to me, putting my hands on my head and saying, "What I tell Sophie? Yeah. What I tell Sophie? Sophie knew she was. Sophie getting, knew." That there was a sister coming and that this was all going to... I'm going to give you a second to gather yourself because it's, yeah. I don't want to bring you somewhere so dark unnecessarily. Oh, even no, though you're I'm, telling the story and I'm so yeah. glad that Laura is here. This is what sisters do. They yeah. leap in and protect their other sisters yeah. in, 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 in moments like this. And as you said, Laura, Emma was waiting to bring home the, the sibling, the yeah. little Katie, Katie yeah. to, to play. And you're sitting in the car, the, the, the window's down. You paint such a vivid picture, such a desperate picture. Love oh. the doctor coming along saying it's it's terrible news, the most awful news imaginable. Just crazy. It was like, I just remember shouting Sophie's name. What am I going to tell Sophie? And you just, it, you don't want it to be real. You don't want it to be happening. You're like, you're a liar. This isn't happening. So I said, I, please, I need to get to Katie. Because in my eyes, Ryan, when we've always done surrogacy together, this might sound mad, but to me, I only ever see my babies on a screen in a hospital. Yeah. So I believe that, that yeah. my babies are in the hospital mm. and that's where I go see them yes. and, and get everything checked up with them, you know. So, so so I knew I needed to get in there to see Katie and obviously make sure my friend is OK. Um, and I just remember it was like a never ending curtain. I kept on pulling the curtain, pulling the curtain to get behind my friend. Yeah. I hooked her and I said, it's OK, it's OK, because I don't think I believed it. It's still at that time. So you know? at this point, you're in the hospital with Lee, your, yeah. your surrogate. You were allowed into the hospital at this yeah, point. Yeah, the doctor brought the me doctor in. The doctor said, yeah. you have to come in. And you're hugging Lee, who was probably quite confused. Or did she, was she up to speed with what was happening? Um, or? Yeah, she was. Like, she just, she just kept saying, I'm sorry, guys. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Yeah. Please don't ever say that. Yeah. It's not your fault, you know. Um, I remember I said to the doctor, I said, please, please put Katie. I need to see her. I'll never forget when she scanned for Katie and I'll never forget, look, her little hand was just yeah. perfect. Yeah. And you can't help but think, was she in pain? Yeah. What happened? You know, did she feel anything? You know, because that's the last thing you'd ever want is for any of your children to feel any type of pain, you know. Mm -hmm. And that was the doctor sent us home then and we went back in 24 hours later and then 40 hours later for birth. 
And Katie was born on April the 3rd, 2020. Mm. Um, and she was so big. So big. Yeah. Like she was 37 centimetres long. So it's beautiful. Perfect. It's very recent, isn't it, Emma? Yeah. Yeah, it's very like raw. Like. 2020 is yesterday. Yeah. Um, so I, I can understand why you're why you're reliving it so vividly because that's something that will that'll stay with you, let's face it. And Oh, and it's like it's it's almost like a before and after. Yeah. I'm not the same person I was. You believe that? But yeah. And before I know you say you, like yeah. no one in the world deserves this, but if you know Emma Yeah. By God she doesn't deserve this. Yeah. I don't think anyone in this lifetime do No, no one know, in the world but, but you no. You'd give anything just to take all the the pain away and just put it in a jar and throw it away. Now, I know that probably sounds ridiculous, but you you just want to just take squeeze, just squeeze all the pain away. Doesn't sound ridiculous at all. It sounds actually we lovely. Like we, we had Katie home. Like She was born on the Friday. Mm-hmm. I stayed in the hospital Friday night with her and we took her home Saturday. And myself and Michael had a whole night with her. Before we had to um, say goodbye. Yeah. What I want to do is bring Laura into the picture. Now she's been, she's been here like a backing singer. <laughs> been, been very appropriate and very lovely. And you, she did say, you did say, Laura, before we started to talk here this morning, you said, I don't want to be the star of this show. There's only one person in this studio and that's Emma. I saw, yeah, and you did Emma. say that and I appreciate that. But we do need to bring you into the story now because... Yeah. You find yourself, Emma, you find yourself thinking, I presume you felt, do I keep going here or... Oh, I was what? done, right? You were done. I was so done. So what, 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 how do we become undone? Oh. What happened? To Sophie. Me? Even telling Sophie that Katie wasn't coming home. Yeah. That was, that was not a conversation you wanted. That, that, even myself and Michael always say, we'll never forget the scream, you know? Yeah. It was a pure pain scream. So I think when you look in your daughter's eyes and you see her in pain, you would go and do anything to try yeah. and help. And that's and what you decided to do. I and said, that's I'm going to go again. Yeah, okay. we'd one left frozen from Katie's cycle. So that was when Laura, <coughs> you rang me. I just, I, what I've seen Emma and Michael go through as a sister and a sister-in-law to Michael, it's just undescribable. Yeah. And anyone anyone on this earth see their sister or their brother go through that they'd go hang on for a minute this is my turn I'd never tried it and so I just got onto my older sister Victoria and I just said look do you think it's too soon to ask Emma and Michael would they go again because this is something I want to do now I want to try and help I can't I can't watch them go through this it's too much like you have three children of your own yeah I do yeah so- you know so that I went to Emma and Michael and we we did it and we went then. That Co- was the August. Uh, yeah, we went. Kate in, was born in April. We so went in the August. Yeah. Laura turned to you, Emma, and said, "Hey, listen, you've yeah. got one left here. Let's go for it. Let's do it. I'm up yeah. for this." And how did you feel when you got that phone call? I I, I swear, I'll be honest with you. It, it was like I wasn't present, but a shell of me was here. Yeah. I'd always tell Emma this: how they have had the strength over the last few years to keep on going. Because, oh my God, the strength I've seen in, in them as, as a couple, let alone as family, as I said, it's just indescribable. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to do what they have been through. Yeah. My sister has a hero in my eyes. So, Don't get me wrong, we're sisters. That's funny because <laughs> I, I think that for like, 
Well, like, this is, she's I, my hero, do you know? I, lo- I love family. the love in the room here today. It's great. I mean, it, oh. it, it's so sincere. And I can I can sense that there's just mm. not a... There's not a bad vibe between you, and and I'm sure at the odd time you can get into the nurse. Oh yeah, otherwise you wouldn't be. <laughs> no, no, be killed. You should have yeah, hair, but yeah, exactly. Right. You're not. Stop. You're not. <laughs> you're not complete uh, Marvel superheroes, but uh, you're close <laughs> no. enough to. So it comes to pass. You find yourself carrying. Yeah. So we went over to Prague in the August, um, and as you know, as I'm explained, it was a two week wait. Came home, and I was saying, oh, you know, no, this has worked. And my convinced. I was convinced, convinced in my head. I was because I was so positive in the August. I was like, this is going to work. We're going to do this. Yeah. You know, mm. and the two week wait came, and we did the pregnancy test, and I was absolutely shocked. It was negative. I just I couldn't believe it. I kind of just. just start crying in front of Emma and Michael I was like I'm sorry I shouldn't be getting upset and you know I'm supposed to be the strong one and they were it's almost like they were so used to it they were just like yeah okay here we like, go again. You know, yeah here we go and I was like mm. I'm so so sorry and this yeah. and that but then as time went on we went again in October and we were absolutely very blessed yeah um, I had to do another round of IVF but like even then I was done I remember Michael saying to me he said to me one night can I talk to you and I said yeah everything okay he said please love he said, yeah. can we go again? And out of the eight and a half years of trying to bring a family to us, I've always been the one to go, right, love, let's go, we're going yeah. again. All right. And he's always supported me 100%. And this time he came to me. And that's what struck me. I said, oh God, I, I have to do this for him. Yeah. I said, he stood by me for all these years. You, you were a boxer on the canvas, but you got up again. Yeah, you could put I, it like that. Well, yeah. it's, it's it's funny because I do, like if you were to it, I swear in my life I don't remember. I remember obviously I've went through egg retrieval, I've done the IVF, yeah. but I don't know how I got on that plane. I don't know how I injected myself three, four times a day. How I went for internet. That's what I mean scans. about the strength that you have. Yeah. Like I don't know. So many losses along the way, and then Katie, and then you still you got up and you went again and look. But I now. think even for Katie, that was for Katie. Yeah. That was for Sophie. That was for Michael. That was for them. I said, I have to do this for my family. So, Laura, you, you, the pregnancy test is, is hopeful. Suddenly we find yourself carrying... Well, well. <laughs> what? I'll give you... A, do you know what, Ryan? I'll tell you... This is like a mystery novel. I'm, I, I'm, I oh, Emma could write a book. I she always says book. one day she'll write a I book. I will. I do want to write a book. Go on. We had a positive pregnancy test. Went for a scan two weeks later and they confirmed one empty sack and one harpy. Okay. So we were like, right, we've a heartbeat, we've a chance. This, this is amazing. This is you, Laura, now. Yeah. Okay. So we've a heartbeat, go on. This is like, wow, another chance, right, so let's go. Yeah. Let's try to be positive about this. Let's, do you know, this time round, Ryan, I didn't find out the sex. I didn't find out anything. Sounds like you're managing expectations in some yeah, ways. It's yeah, it's like, just, keep it. just, I'm trying to keep everyone else okay at okay. the same time, Gosh, you know. Yeah, awesome. So again, we didn't tell anyone about this, only... Manda really yeah. so when we went for the second this scan second scan yeah. the doctor I'll ne- she's such a lovely doctor I'll never forget her um, said to me Emma so I just put my head down thinking she's oh. going to tell me this yeah. is over now like we've lost again I can't do this anymore I'm finito done Emma and I'm like yeah you've got a second harpy and I jumped up I went wow it's twins <laughs> No. You said, no, you said, I told you, I told you. And I grabbed the doctor's arm. I says, we don't, we don't. We do, Emma, we do. And I said, oh my God, Laura, Laura, Laura. And I just kept on shouting your name. So from the first scan to having an empty sack to go to the second scan to be told, actually, no, the second maybe is here. Yeah. 
I think that in itself is just a miracle in my eyes. It feels biblical. What do we have? We had... Two boys. Oh, I'm so happy for us. Two boys. We had two boys, everybody. (laughs) Sean and Harry. Sean and Harry. It feels... that. Almost to God. When when, when were they born? The 28th of June, 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Credit to you and Gary, your your other half, who obviously stood by this decision. Loads of support. He's amazing. This was a very happy ending to a very difficult scenario. It involves family and love and heart break and resilience and can and I sorry Ryan can I yeah, just yeah. say I think that last year the twins I think that <laughs> I was I, mid flow like <laughs> ah sorry I believe <laughs> it was brilliant now, now I felt like I was at my dinner table sorry would you just what are you talking about <laughs> would you just stop that yeah give her them resilience blah blah Laura sorry more importantly I was um, I was just going to say what I think got us through that pregnancy was definitely Katie gave Emma and Michael the strength to get through yeah. the pregnancy of the bias and everything yeah and she did She's she's well remembered here this morning. Oh, I think that's lovely. She's always looking she's, down on them. Yeah. yeah, just missing on earth, as gotcha. I would say. Gotcha. I want to thank you both for coming in to tell your story this morning. I really enjoyed your company. Oh. Laura and Emma Reid, thank you both very, very much. And to you and your beautiful families. Thank you. Pleasure it is to see you. Thank you for your for, for sharing your story with us this morning. And I, I really mean it when I say I wish you both and extended family every happiness in the world. Thanks, thanks so much. Ryan. For having thanks us. so much. See you soon. All right. Thanks so much for being here. Five one five five one is the text number. Back shortly.